Welcome to the Creative Juice Podcast. I am your host, Sam Juice, and I've been working in the entertainment industry for over 15 years. In that time, I have met and worked with amazing and talented individuals, most of which I now call friends. The premise of this show is to talk with professionals in all creative fields. We talk about where they started, where they are now, and what's on the horizon. We also chat about life, current events, and random weird stuff. So thank you for tuning in, and let's get started. Juice. He's never going to stop being the juice. My guest today has been directing original content in the film, TV, and commercial industry for nearly 30 years. He is the owner of a full-service production company called Rochambeau Films. Prior to owning his own shop, he was a senior producer for Stars Entertainment. He does amazing work and is always a pleasure to be around. Hailing from Denver, Colorado, my good friend, Jim Elkin. Thanks for being on the Creative Juice Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I couldn't be any more excited than I am at this moment in time. I am super pumped. So Jim, you're, you're looking pretty good, man. What, what's what's going on? Well, it's all the moisturizer, Botox. Um, I also like use scotch tape just to get the, get the wrinkles out. You know what I mean? It's a little <laughs> yeah. awkward when I see people in person, but chicks dig it. <laughs> oh man, I should, I should, I should look into that. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. I'll tell you all my secrets. I <laughs> can't wait. Well, awesome, man. What, uh, what are you working on right now? Things have been really cool. I'm working on, um, a bunch of different projects at the moment. Um, one is I'm working with, uh, a branded content piece for a, uh, cable network. And I don't know if I can really actually mention the network on the podcast, but it's a pretty exciting opportunity working on that and doing branded content piece with a um, major brand in place as well. So doing um, some entertaining branded content. That's been a really fun journey. So I've kind of been started to slowly go into that direction, working um, on creative strategy and working directly with brands, trying to create really entertaining uh, shows and episodes that can air on cable networks and other distribution channels. And one of them I'm working on right now is with a major movie network, uh, cable network, uh, and a very large brand. So we're kind of combining the two, um, having them collaborate and do some pretty exciting stuff. Are you under an NDA? Is that why you can't really go into too much details? Unfortunately, yeah, I can't really talk too much about it. Um, other than say that it's, you know, something I'm really excited about. It's, um, it's, a it's a, a lot of where the direction of, um, branded content is going, especially in filmmaking is a lot of creators like myself. Um, going into that and instead of kind of waiting for a project to reach them, creating the project for yourself and reaching out to other people and trying to connect um, different brands together to create that content, which has kind of been my strategy. I'm, I'm really stoked to hear more about it when you're actually allowed to talk about it. I would be stoked to tell you, <laughs> tell you more about it. So uh, let's, let's take a little trip down memory lane. I'd like to know where did, where did you grow up and, and how did you get into film at what, you know, what point? So I grew up in Philadelphia and, um, uh, it was a really great place to grow up, uh, the home of cheesesteaks. Um, and I loved living there and I loved growing up there. Um, I just had a inner desire to not do what everyone else was doing that was around me, which was kind of stay in the East coast, go to college on the East coast and, um, kind of follow that path that everybody else was on. And for some reason or another, I felt really drawn to the going west uh and when i was in high school during that time i felt a really strong need 
to try to go to travel to different places. And one of them was Colorado. And I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the state. I fell in love with how beautiful it is here. Uh, it just seemed everything I really ever wanted. It was completely different than growing up in Philadelphia and a little bit in, in New York and Long Island. And I just felt like it was the place for me to be. It really felt right for me. So I applied to colleges, got in. Um, and when I was ready to move, I just, I took a deep breath and I did it, uh, and moved to Colorado. And it's, um, it's just been a, a great, great thing for me in terms of creatively, in terms of friendships, uh, family. Uh, it's just been a really cool move, even though it's really scary. And I think it's really scary, especially when you're like, you don't know what your next step should be, where you should go in your life. Um, and it was just, uh, sometimes it's good to just take a leap of faith and that's kind of what I did and it worked out really well. So you, you went to college here then here, here in, here in Denver yeah. or Boulder? Where, I, where did I you went go? and actually Fort Collins, I went to Colorado state, which was, yeah, did you really? I did. No way. Have we did. talked about this? I think we did once. <laughs> we probably, we did. probably did. We probably did. But I think every time it comes up, we're both going to be like shocked. We're, about shocked. <laughs> we're going to be shocked. We're going to uh, next time. I'm just going to be like, do I know you? <laughs> right. <laughs> we know each other. Right? Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, I loved, I loved, uh, going there. It was actually a really, really fun place for me because it was again, so different than, uh, growing up in Philadelphia and it kind of created this atmosphere for me to grow and change, trying to figure out, uh, you know, where I wanted to go. Cause I always knew I wanted to go into film in some way and it helped me kind of figure out a little bit who I was and who I, who I am. Um, which I think is so important no matter what kind of artist or whatever you're creating as a filmmaker or an artist or, um, even just, you know, whatever music, whatever it is, I think it's really important. The more you know yourself and you get to know who you are, the better, whatever you create is going to be, it just becomes more solid. You're more confident of the choices you make and that's everything. Absolutely. So, so you went to, when you're at CSU, did you, did you major in the film and film when you were up there? So, um, they had like a communication department and like film and TV was the concentration that I took. That was all I really excelled at. It's the only thing I really did well at. Um, it's the only thing I really wanted to do. And so, um, that's what I concentrated. I also took a, I, I did a lot of creative writing. Um, and I, I was kind of going back and forth between, um, being a writer and being some kind of filmmaker. Um, and I kind of went back and forth between the two and I did end up getting a minor in creative writing. And when I graduated, um, I thought immediately I wanted to be a comedy writer and that's what I did when I graduated. I became a, I basically begged and pleaded, uh, to this producer, uh, who created, uh, TJF, uh, for ABC sitcoms. So like the family matters, full house, all of those shows had these promos TJF. So was boy meets world part of that boy meets world was dinosaurs. There's so many, yeah, right. yeah. There was just a ton of them that came and went. Um, and I basically begged and pleaded and said, Hey, I'd really want to write, uh, let me write the jokes for this. And they, uh, they let me do it. They didn't pay me at first. I didn't get paid. I slept on a buddy's couch. Um, and I just like wrote and wrote and wrote these jokes. And, um, uh, they ended up eventually saying, Hey, this is great. We're going to pay you. And so I ended up getting paid for it. Uh, and then kind of slowly kind of wrote more and more. And then they started using the jokes on the show. 
which was like a huge thrill when that happened. And, um, and kind of my career kind of took off from there, but I've, I've still like incredibly grateful. I had that opportunity right out of college. I was just like, you know, my stuff was being, uh, I was writing for basically this national audience, which was super fun. And the jokes were probably super bad. So I apologize for anybody who had to witness, uh, and listen to TJF, but it was a great experience. I loved every minute of it. It was really fun. And I, for me, I remember also like I would go in these conference calls with like Bob Iger, who's now like the CEO of Disney. And then he was like in charge of back then with like ABC and um, we're doing the TJF stuff. And so like, I had no idea how lucky I was. I was talking like Bob Iger, who's now like the head of Disney, the whole thing. And back then I was just like this little punk kid who was just like completely unaware, like how lucky I was. Wow. That's great. So which, which show on TGIF did your jokes end up on? Um, they ended up on all the whole night of TGF. So I wrote, so I wrote the, my TGF promos were like throughout the night. Oh, you know, it was during so, the so like TGIF yeah, commercials. Yeah. So basically gotcha. that's how I started out. So it was basically the, that two hour block of shows from full house family matters. And then like they would use some of those jokes for their own shows to play into it. Wow. Well, that's, that's really cool about TG, TGIF, man. I, I grew up on that stuff. Did you? I, oh man, Family Matters. I, that was like my favorite show as a little kid. Dude, that's awesome. I loved it. Like Urkel was so funny to me when I was a kid, man. Ah, oh, that's great. You I, know. That's like I'll t- I've got some great stories about just because I would get all of the um, all of the B roll from all the footage. They would film it, and then we would get all the footage back, and we'd have to cut it together. Um, and you know, sometimes the actors wouldn't like the jokes. So I would write this stuff and then like John Stamos or whatever, I was like, who wrote this? And then I'd be like, Oh God, <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that was me. I'm sorry. Did you ever actually get to meet any of those guys? Um, I won. Yeah. Once or twice I did, but for the most part, I kind of stood back and just was the writer for it. You're, you're and I'm kind of glad because if they didn't like it, I wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> right. They just look at you like, did you do this? Right. I'd be like, what? <laughs> So that, that seems like a pretty, pretty great start to the, to the production world. Yeah. I got really lucky and I got from there, I kind of uh, got promoted to an associate producer role and then, um, got into production through that. You had that job and then, it, and then you ended up at, I mean, it was probably a ways from this, from this point, but you ended up at stars entertainment as a senior producer. Is that correct? I did. Yeah. That was a great experience too, because at the time when stars started there, you know, n- now it's, you know, a thousand people or whatever it is and they have offices in LA and here in Colorado, but, um, back then there wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. When I first started, there's, you know, 15, 20 people at the company and then it grew to a thousand. Um, so it was kind of like the cowboy days of movie network television, um, trying to make something work out of, um, just like rubbing two sticks together. And, uh, they were busy also like trying to make original movies as well. So I was really fortunate. I got to go behind the scenes of a lot of movies that they were making that were just completely awful. I mean, it's just some <laughs> of the worst, worst movies known to man, I think were created at that time. Um, not to say there wasn't great work also, but really bad movies. And one of them that really sticks out in my mind uh, was a movie called Escape from Atlantis, um, which was about a martial artist who gets caught up in the Bermuda Triangle with his fam- family and gets caught in an island um, uh, and has to use all of his martial arts amongst uh, a bunch of unicorns and magic people. <laughs> no way. That's a real story. And that's a true, that's a true thing. And I got to go the filming. It, it filmed in Hawaii in Oahu in the North shore where uh, Jurassic park was filmed. Wow. And so I spent a bunch of time there 
uh, you know, just watching this horrendous movie get filmed. I'm going to have to watch this now. I wonder if I can find it. I, I encourage anyone who's listening, you, anyone to go, you can look it up on YouTube. There's clips for it. The movie is Escape from Atlantis. It starred <laughs> Jeff Speakman. Um, there's a great scene in it where, uh, and I was there for the filming of it, where they had to get a unicorn. Um, but since unicorns really don't exist, they got a white horse and they tried to figure out a way to get a uh, horn uh, stuck on a white horse, which they couldn't successfully do. So they kind of made this makeshift thing that they put on their head that the horse was completely unhappy with and really freaked out. And so the director who um, uh, was in a helicopter and uh, had a bunch of other cameras on this horse were like, we're just got to shoot it. We just got to shoot it. So they started filming the horse freaked out and uh, ran away. And it's, it's in the movie. You see the, the horn bouncing up and down. <laughs> He's the horn just no bouncing way. up and down. It's in the movie. And uh, I don't know if they ever saw that horse again. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. Yeah. So, but great times at stars. And the, the thing about stars that I remember more than anything is the people that were there were fantastic. You know, it was, it was just the people I worked with were amazing. Um, and I felt really grateful and uh, really grateful I had that experience. Cause that, that just was an amazing experience, especially here in Colorado um, to, you know, kind of in the middle of the country, you're not, we're not in LA, we're not in New York. Uh, to have that kind of like movie network experience and being able to travel around the world was really fun. Absolutely. And to, to go back to that when, you know, when you're on set with these horrible movies, it, I always think to myself when I, I'm like, who greenlit this? Right. Who was like, yeah, right. let's, let's, let's dump $4 million into this idea and let's make it. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't get how that happens. You know, I think, I think what happens, it's, a, there's a lot of group think that happens. I've been, I've been in meetings like this too, where there's like, there's so much group think where, you know, you can have a really charismatic person who's leading the meeting and presenting something. And I think a lot of people can get caught up in that. Like, I think any creative thing that you're pitching, whether it's a unicorn <laughs> and martial artist on it's stuck on an Island, or um, you're just, you know, doing a TV commercial or anything else. I think there's something about being caught up in a moment and um, you know, it's all about that creative pitch that people buy into and that, that trust a relationship. Right. So uh, I think there's a bunch of producers that, that got caught up into going, Hey, this would be a great idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that on the, on the commercial level cause it's so quick. It's a one, two day thing. Even if it's a horrible idea, you're like, right. well, but like a whole, a whole film. I know. How can you, <laughs> I know. I, you know what I mean? Like what point do you not pull the plug or you're in pre-pro? You're like, this is a horror. I mean, every, right. like you said, everyone has to be on board. So right. it, that's just, it, it's like mind boggling when I see this. And I feel like it's, right. that, that doesn't happen as much these days. I feel. It, you bring up such a good point though. Cause it's like, how do, like when you watch a bad movie, how did that bad movie happen? You know? Cause I don't think anybody who makes a movie, I think for the most part, you know, you would hope that they're going in with, good intentions, you know, right. going the best of intentions because a movie especially is a huge amount of work. It usually takes years, it, you know, it usually takes money and whether it's, even if it's a low budget film of like a million, two million, three million, five million, it's still, you know, it's still a considerable amount of money. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't, you know, it's not a hundred million, but still a lot. And so, you know, somebody had to put their faith into it and you think about it, it's like, how the heck did that happen? How right. did they just go, okay, now we're really... This is it. Really, yeah. We're really, we're really going to do this. <laughs> right. You know, and, uh, there's some bad stuff out there, man. Yeah. There's and, no doubt. And even at the end of it, the distribution channel pick, like picks it up. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. They're like, this, 
this piece of crap. I'm going to, I want to put this out. It's amazing. It's amazing. But I think also, I think there's a different market for it now too. I think like there's some kind of market, you know, part of it's because of the room and like other like bad movies. So bad movies that are so bad, they're good that I think there's a a market for it too. You think the room was bad? You don't like the room? I like the movie, the room. You just thought it was bad and like, what's a bad, are we talking about the same room? I think the same room with the lady, with the lady and her daughter and they're locked up in there. No, no, not that oh, room. It's a different the room. room. It's the room. I've seen Disaster Artist, which that's about, correct? That is cr- totally correct. The that's Disaster, totally correct. Art- the disaster Artist, Artist is about, yeah, exactly. Okay, now I, okay, so there's another movie called Room that came out recently. It's not that. Well, look, this is the, <laughs> this is the only room that should matter. Okay. Well, now it makes sense. Okay. Now it makes sense. Wow. That was one hell of a tangent there. That was amazing. That was pretty good. That was, I like that. I've, you have to see, now you have to see two movies, I Escape get, from Atlantis right. and, and The Room. So after, after Stars, you went to Insight Films. Was that, was that your company? Yeah. So Insight Films was the company I was a partner in um, for around a decade. Um, and that was a really amazing experience as well. It's when I really started to get into my own and learn about um, really dive deep into film production uh, and work with a lot of advertising agencies, a lot of companies uh, directly trying to create content and a lot of television commercials back then. And also back then we worked uh, much different than we do now. We worked with motion picture film. So we're working with a lot of 35 millimeter and um, doing it the old school way. Yeah. Back then wasn't old school. It was just the way you did it. That's just the way it was. Yeah. That's really cool. So you, so you were on quite a bit of 35 millimeter film productions. A, a ton. Yeah. I had, uh, just a ton of commercials that we did, um, on, that was all film. I mean, and the crews were, um, much bigger than they are now, um, because of that. And, um, so yeah, it was really a really fun, super experience. It taught me a lot about filmmaking, um, taught a lot about the craft of filmmaking too. Um, and, uh, and there you go. Myself, I've never been able to experience 35 millimeter film, which is a super bummer being a DP that has never shot on 35 millimeter film. I don't know if I can hold the, hold the torch. I've got some in the garage. So let's we can, do it. Let's, let's make just, let's just, let's just do some. Let's <laughs> see what we can make. No, that's let's awesome. Ma- let's recreate the room. Let's recreate the room. Which room? <laughs> let's recreate. What we should do is combine. We should combine the room. We with combine the, room. the rooms. It'd be the worst movie let's, ever. <laughs> but so great for us. <laughs> All on 35 millimeter film. Oh my God, that's a great idea. I love that idea. So what happened with Insight Films? It was a 35, were you guys, you guys were shooting films? Were you guys shooting commercials? Were you shooting TVs? What, what mainly so were you shooting? We, we mostly shot television commercials. That was, especially back then, that was kind of like, you know, branding content wasn't as such a big deal back then. It was more, you know, working directly with advertising agencies doing the 30 second television commercials. I mean, that's really what we were uh, known for and we became really successful for it. I had two other uh, business partners with me and um we kind of basically eventually all went our separate ways um one of my business partners uh went to the feature film world and and made a bunch of features um and that was kind of his main focus and but the company was always set up as television commercials so we kind of basically ended up kind of splitting up and that's when i started rochambeau films basically after insight split up okay so you went directly from Insight and started your own thing as Rochambeau. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and kind of create and then in basically when I started Rochambeau, it was when the industry was changing. So it's basically everything changed. So like film was kind of going away, basically right. kind of vacating uh, everything. Digital was coming up. So for me, 
it was really also like an embrace of new technology and kind of like saying, I don't want to say saying goodbye to the old ways, but it was definitely kind of saying, Hey, this is how we used to do it, but now there's a new way to do it. So creatively it was actually like really freeing to be able to do that and go, Hey, like, even though I kind of grew up doing this and, uh, in my adult life, spent most of my life working in a certain way, there's a whole other way to do it. And, you know, back then too, you, it was pretty, pretty hard to buy a film camera. It was very, very expensive where it's like now you can own equipment. Um, you know, we're sitting in a room with a ton of equipment right now that I own, (laughs) which is insane. Um, so, um, it's just a lot easier to create now than it was back then. So I basically saw Rochambeau as the chance to do something, uh, with that and basically say, Hey, I'm going to own everything. I'm not going to rent. I don't, you know, I'm not going to do what the old business model is. I'm going to just get to own everything and right. be able to um, create whatever I want, whenever I want. And that's kind of what I set out to do. To that point, I just think it's amazing that basically anyone can create. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in like anyone's creative. I think that even people who say like, I'm not creative. I'm really, you know, I'm just, I'm, I don't think that way. I think they just haven't opened up to being creative. And I, I think what being able to like use a camera, whether it's your iPhone or some kind of phone that you have, or just some kind of like little camera, whether it's a GoPro, it doesn't really matter. It's just, if you have something, I think you're able to create now, which is like an incredible thing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of getting to the point where the gear has caught up so, so much that now it's just, it's more about your ideas and your creativity because the gear's there readily available these days. It's so true. And like, I know when I was younger, especially, you know, when I was doing a different production company, I was really fighting it. So fighting it. I I didn't want to believe that digital was the way of the future. I was like, film is the best, you know, film is like the only way you want that film grain. You want it, you know, that's the the best way to, to film anything. It's the best way to watch anything. And it just changed so much. And it, it just changed for me, like the way I thought about creating something. Right. Um, and it was kind of cool to, even though, you know, I'm an older, older person, it's cool. It's cool to like that. I'm grateful that I was around during that time of change. It's kind of cool. Yeah. When I, I, the first short film I shot, I was shooting it on like a, a Sony V1U, which was like a digital HDV camera. Yeah. Yeah. This was like 2009. And, uh, we had a second camera guy show up and he brought a 5D. Right. And I was like, what are you going to do with this 5D? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? I was like, what are you doing with a stills camera? And, right. uh. I was setting shot up for him because he's camera B and he has like a 70 to 200 lens on there and he's doing a tight shot of a, you know, of, of a dialogue scene. And I look at his screen and my jaw hit the floor because right. I'd never seen that before. Yep. Out of, you know, let alone, the only time you'd see a frame like that was like a 35 millimeter film so camera. So true. So true. And I was blown away. And immediately after the wrap of that movie, not even two hours of that day, I put my camera on Craigslist and I bought a 5D Mark II. That's awesome. That's so yeah. awesome. I yeah. love, I love that story. That's a great story. That's all. Cause I, the thing is for me too, I relate so much to it because one of the first projects I did at Rochambeau was for this um, project for uh, it's a brand called American crew, which is like a men's shampoo. And we had to make like a hundred videos around the country. And one of the ways we decided to do it was um, using one of the cameras. I know, I know at least one of the cameras was DSLR. It was like a five, yeah, exactly, 5D Mark II. And um, I remember looking at it and like filming it the first day and going, this is amazing. This is like, inc- this, this is incredible. This is like, 
you know, we had that, you had that depth of field, right. Um, you had that just incredible kind of creamy look right. that um, for me that I love. And I just, I just fell in love with it. I just thought this is really cool. And it just kind of like went up from there, really. I mean, when you think about how it's changed even from back then, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it is amazing that the camera changed the game. I feel like it changed the whole industry as a whole. Yeah, and it changed the way people think about how do you do something? How do you approach something? Like, how do you create something in a way that's like really cool? Because now it's like, we've got something that can really do it. You know, it can make something like if you envision something, you can use this device, this, this piece of equipment and what you envision can really happen, which I think is like an incredible thing. Cause you think about like other art, like if you think about, um, painting, for example, you know, if you're painting by hand, you know, that's, that stayed the same, you know? Yeah. But computers have changed that as well too, but it's true, you know? as well but i don't i think in filmmaking i don't know of another art form that's changed that has changed the way people think about the way they create as much as filmmaking um and to me that's kind of exciting yeah i agree it um even music or anything else i I still think like filmmaking would be like the number one thing that's that's just changed by technology yeah i agree and there's like there's always two sides to everything right so that side I feel is the awesome side of it. Everybody can create now and everybody can do awesome things. The other side of it is the people that do this for a living, like you and right, me. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, sometimes we're, we're uh, you know, we're outbidded by a kid with a 5D that will do the project for $200 when, you know, where it should be something like 30,000, maybe not that extreme, but you know what I mean? Oh, no, you know? <laughs> no, preach. No, you're preaching. I mean, I think that's totally so true. Like everything you're saying is so true and it's, you know, it's something that like having a business, I think, um, you know, as you do too, we all, we all do, you know, probably a lot of people who are listening as well. It's like, if you're out there and you're, you know, there's always competition, there's always going to be somebody who's you're coming up against, you know, and hopefully it's, you know, somebody you admire and you're, you're, you're glad you're competing against them. Right. And that makes you better, but yeah, it's out there. Cause you think about, for me, I've got, um, you know, I've got like 30 years of experience. That's a ton of years behind me. But then you can have somebody who really has only been doing it, you know, a year or two or whatever. And then they're, they're up there, you know, they're doing it, you know, and they're, they're, they're saying, Hey, no, we can, you know, we can outbid you by doing all of these things. I mean, that's a, you know, it's, um, it's an interesting place to be, you know, it's yeah. an interesting place to be when you're in that business. Cause it's, you know, there's so many positive things about it, but to your point, totally. Yeah. But I, I feel like I was, I was that same kid when I had got the 5D though. Right. Which is funny now. Yeah. Well, how do, now, I, now I see that kid. You know what I mean? Well, how do you look, how do you see yourself as different now as well, when you were? So when I got the 5D, I, you know, bought some Canon glass and I just right. started shooting stuff for super cheap. Right. You know, like right. I would, I'd shoot anything. And which was great because it helped, it helped me learn at the time with that camera. Right. And shooting those depth of fields because prior to this, I was shooting you know, on CCD cameras, the three CCDs, right. smaller sensor stuff, everything's kind of in focus, more broadcast style look. And then the 5D happened and I saw that and I was like, okay, this is it. Yeah. And so it really allowed me to be a lot more artistic, I feel, with the way I shot. And at the same time, go after jobs that I really wanted to do. Right. And it opened the, the doors to these different jobs because then production companies or other people that hadn't seen the 5d yet and they would see my stuff 
they're kind of blown away, but I was a young kid and didn't know the industry. And right. by young, I wasn't that young. I was probably 25, 26. Right. Um, but they didn't really know the, they didn't know that camera at the time, really. They, they had seen it, but I didn't know the industry of how to price things. So right. I would just be like, yeah, 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Right. You know what I mean? And then over time, you just grow as an individual. You understand the business and you start upgrading all your things. And, mm. you know, now I shoot Red Epic Dragon, right. Cinema Glass, you know, big stabilizers. I went to the big side. It's almost like I went, stay digital, but in a film world, how heavy these cameras are and how big everything got. Right. Um, and I, I have to say too, you are super talented. Oh, thanks, you do. I'm, I'm saying that right now. Cause that is like, just, I just have to interject in there cause you are really super talented. I've, I've had the pleasure of working with you and the yeah, stuff likewise. you do is amazing. I appreciate that. Really amazing. And, yeah, um, you. yeah, I think, you know, I think everyone, um, is better being around you. Oh, well, thank you. I Absolutely. would have to say the same about you well, as well. well yeah, it's, it's always, it's always a pleasure working well, with you. Well, it's really, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to, but I appreciate it. <laughs> So you started Rochambeau after, after Insight Films. What big changes or surprises, if any, um, were you not prepared when you started your own shop? That is a great question. Um, so many surprises, so many things I didn't think of. I think one of them is, you know, once you, once I just started the company, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy some equipment. That was the first thing I was like, I'm, I'm going to need some stuff just to, to do this. Um, I didn't realize how deep down the rabbit hole it goes for me, um, because, you know, you buy one thing and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need all these other things. And then when you buy a camera, it's like, oh, I should probably buy some lights. I'm right. Like, okay. And then it's like, well, what lights am I get? And then I need all the light stands. And then I'm like, well, am I going to stop there? Not really. Cause right. then I need all the grip stuff that's going to go with that as well. And so then that's how we find ourselves in this room full of stuff, full of stuff. and then drones and everything else. Right. Stabilizers. And stabilizers. Yeah. And everything else that you need. Right. Um, but you know, that was some of the biggest surprise for me is that it, I didn't realize like how much I would end up kind of going and doing that. I, it, I didn't set out to do that. I didn't set out to go, okay, I'm going to buy a bunch of equipment. I just thought I'd have a camera and some lenses, a lens or two, but it became this whole other thing. So I think that's one surprise. I think like any business, it doesn't matter whether it's creative or not, you're always going to have surprises. You kind of always kind of are going to have something that you didn't expect to have happen. That's part of your business. Exactly. Um, and some of it's, you know, production driven, operations driven, some of it's marketing driven um, and uh, accounting the, driven. Accounting driven. That's a big one. Oh, I God, accounting. <laughs> oh, you and me both. Yeah, I totally get that. I've had years of um, experience working with, um, the same world. My experience is like, yeah, you want those certain projects. And whenever I was up for those certain projects, you know, it's so easy to get excited, full of hope and all those things. Um, and, you know, for me, I like when I had reps, um, especially for some of the bigger jobs and you're up, I'm up against like very huge production companies and very big name directors. Um, you know, that is a, such a tough challenge. It's, right. And it's such a tough challenge to break through. And I've been on conference calls where it's like, you know, they might've just talked to some big name director that I'm bidding against or competing against in their, uh, the vision for what the director's presentation is going to be. Right. And then I come on and go, Hey, it's me, Jim, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know? And, uh, so they, you know, I might not be as known as somebody they just talked to. So that is always, um, that is always something like, 
I think anyone's up against, you know, but I would, I would encourage anybody to kind of fight through that because a lot of that also just from what I experienced and what I went through is, is kind of in your own head too, you know, that's true. You know, and I think it's, it's really good to kind of fight against the negative feelings you might feel because a lot of it, no one feels except you. Yeah. It is a tough one. You think everybody's mad at you or, or like upset with you and right. Right. Like, no, we just, we weren't even thinking about you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when you start doing what, like we're doing, it's just, you just do it. You know, you don't think about it too much. And I think that's where you get into a real good Zen place where you just, just do it. Yeah. You just shoot it. Let's you know, go shoot. Yeah. Let's just go shoot. Exactly. Let's go shoot Dude, something. Oh my God. Let's, let's right after this, when this ends, <laughs> we're going to shoot. We're gonna shoot. I don't think we can do it now, but like right, right after, like right after. Oh man. That's so true. Can you tell me about like one of your craziest or stressful moments on, on a set that you, that you can remember? That's such a, that's a great question. Um, such a good question. Um, I had one just recently. Oh, let's, let's hear about it. (laughs) Just recently. Um, this was a, um, week or two ago and, uh, I was filming in a very, uh, isolated part of Colorado on a very, very tall cliff. And we were filming a rock climber, um, with a drone and we filmed for about two hours and just, it was just beautiful. I mean, it was just the most beautiful day. And, um, about two hours into it, the drone fell, the drone fell and, from uh, how high? from, well, we were 400 feet up. So you're uh, at the, you're at the legal limit. The legal. Yes. And this only <laughs> legal, only legal stuff. Right. Legal limit fell, fell 300 feet onto a, cliff face 400 or 300 well it 300 it fell 300 it fell 300, 300 feet because it's 100 feet stopped up it yeah okay. it was 100 okay. feet up from the ground so we had to drive all the way around my heart stopped i bet because uh, all of the footage was on there and we had all these rock climbers and that was kind of i felt like this is the end of my life as i know it <laughs> <laughs> so i was determined to get the drone luckily one of the rock climbers saw where it went so it could at least kind of point me in the right direction. So I drove all the way to the bottom and I looked up and I was never so scared in my life. I looked up and I, there's, I mean, it was just endless amounts of Vista. I mean, there's barbed wire I had to get through thorn bush, oh um, a ton of rock climbing. And I am, you know, um, I'm Jewish and Jews don't like rock climbing. Frankly. <laughs> so, so, um, or the wilderness, or right? the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we just want to be home eating a Kanish. Uh, so it, uh, so basically I, I just was very determined. I was like, I, I need to find that drone. And, um, I was, myself and someone from the agency who was incredibly nice enough to join me on this journey, trekking up this cliffside, went through barbed wire, a bunch of thorn brush, or like we were just completely cut up. Like every part of our skin that was exposed was just completely cut up. Rock climbing up this face took about two hours and unbelievably in this incredible amount of rocks and trees, we actually found the drone, able to find the footage. And um, that was it. I mean, we're just, I couldn't have had, a happier ending. I felt very, very grateful. Very grateful. Um, so how, that's good news. You found it, but how destroyed was your drone? I can't explain how destroyed. <laughs> I can't even explain how destroyed it was. I mean, it looked, it looked like a worst nightmare experience <laughs> that you would think of. It looked like somebody took a sledgehammer to it about a hundred <laughs> times is what it looked like. Um, and oh, it, incredible. The footage was intact and everything worked out and, 
Well, that, at least you got the shot, right? <laughs> you know what? I got the shot. You got the shot. That's one thing I can say about Rochambeau films. <laughs> we, we, get, we get the shot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, uh, well, thanks for sharing that story. Sorry that happened to you. Absolutely. No, I just, I mean, to me, it's also a story of like, you know, things can happen to anyone. Right. I mean, no matter how careful you are, you are and uh, how prepared you are, it's just things happen. I yeah. mean, and that's kind of the, and you know, anything could happen on production. Um, you know, there could be weather related or anything else, but, um, I think the thing is like how you deal with it and overcome it. And I think if you have the right mindset, um, you're, you can really do anything. Yeah, I agree. You got to just always be positive on set. For sure. Once one person goes, it's just like a domino effect. Yeah. You're only as tough as your, your toughest, is it weakest link? Yeah. You're not as tough as your toughest link. Wait a minute. What? You're as tough as your weakest link. You're as tough as your weakest link. Correct. Is that the saying? That's the saying. Well, I've been saying it completely You're as strong as your weakest link. Oh wait, you're as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. Tough, strong, same. Well. Tomato, tomato. Well, you say tomato. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say, tomato? (laughs) I say tomato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can be a slippery slope, but I think if you just have, uh, you, you know, you just get those negative people on set that just bring the whole production it's, down. That's really, it's it really the worst. It's the worst because it, it, it affects everybody. Yeah. You know, they're just, so anybody listening, if eat cool on set, just be cool. That's the best advice. Just be cool, God, man. Be cool. God, yeah. such good advice. That's it's great. It's just video. Yeah, be cool. It's not like it's like you're freaking doing brain surgery on somebody and they're well, like going to die. Well. <laughs> no one's going to die. Well, well, I mean, I, well, maybe, well, well it's just. I guess your drone actually probably could have killed somebody. <laughs> That's like. So take well, that, I take that well, back. I take that back. I, I feel like now but, we're being negative. So every time I work with you, Jim. You wear like the funniest shirts. You're actually wearing one right now. Am I? You know what? It oh, says, I didn't, I didn't. that's what. And then a quote says, she. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's so good, man. Like every time we're on set. So do you make these? Cause I've never seen these in stores. So. I, I, I have, I have made a lot of the shirts myself. Um, sometimes I get inspired by their shirts uh, or I'll make them myself. Um, and it's just kind of a very silly thing that I do. And I take pride in my t-shirt collection. They're awesome, man. Thanks. It, it, uh, it kind of goes back to being lighthearted on set. It kind of like sets a tone. Like this is immediately funny. I walked, I walked down here from where, you know, if we're out of town from a hotel, I walked on set here locally and he just got a ridiculous shirt on and everybody starts like, <laughs> you know, it like, so I think it's, I think it's an awesome thing to have on set. That, I really but appreciate it. But apparently you do it in real life too. Cause this is uh this is not a, a set day and you, I show you know, up to your house and you're still wearing the shirts. So. <laughs> I, I try to, I try to be real at all times for sure. Yeah. I had a friend of mine, he called me last night actually, and was working on set. And, um, they said, you know, I worked with a director this last week and they were the exact opposite of you. <laughs> and they, were, <laughs> they were just yelling and just mad at everyone and not, and just completely created a really very mean disruptive set. And I was like, Oh wow, that's really, I mean, it was a great compliment, (laughs) but then I felt very bad for them. Oh, well, man, it's always a pleasure working with you. Um, you know, I would, I hope we can work together again soon. Me too. Absolutely. I, I, I cannot wait, uh, to work on the next thing with you. I just, I'm a huge fan of yours and I just, I love being around you.
I think we should do like a, a comedy short film together just just to do it. Wouldn't Let's it do fun? it. I think we should do it right now. Let's do it. <laughs> we actually might be doing it right now. <laughs> there should be cameras just on us for this whole thing. We certainly have enough cameras in this room. <laughs> yeah, to without having a camera rolling. <laughs> yeah, we we're, doing a, yeah. we're doing an audio-only <laughs> podcast surrounded by probably 15 cameras. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that makes total sense. It, it kind of goes back to saying that's our job though. We don't yeah. want to do that right I know. now. We want to do this. Not even a phone. <laughs> not even a phone is going on right now. Thank you so much for being on my show, man. Thank you so much for yeah. inviting me. Thanks for having me. This was just an amazing experience. And uh, I just think you're an awesome human being. Yeah. Likewise, man. You too. You know, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure being in here with you for this hour. Um, and I can't wait to see more stuff come out of Rochambeau Films. And hopefully we get to work together something real soon. So. Me too. Me too. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Thank you. That's a wrap on this episode of the Creative Juice Podcast. Be on the lookout for more shows every week. You can check us out on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or directly at thecreativejuice.com. That's the creative, J-O-O-S.com. Stay creative.